Hello and welcome to Coexisting. It's 2020, and due to the coronavirus making its way across the world, we find our towns and cities in lockdown in an effort to slow the pandemic. Quite apart from the COVID headlines filling our screens, I was curious to hear how people were living day to day. So, I asked the same eight questions to people in different countries to get a glimpse of their lives during their version of Shelter at Home. The questions I ask cover life right now as that person is living it. What day of shelter are you on? What are the rules in place? What is it like in the streets where you live? What practical advice has helped you at this time? What is your most memorable moment? And what would you say to someone who is feeling low today? It's part information, part human story archive, but mainly trying to get an uplifting bent on this insane situation we find ourselves in. And at the same time, preserving these memories in audio. Memories that will, in a very few short months, be forgotten. So, plug in those headphones or that speaker, grab a cup of tea or a glass of the good stuff and take a seat. This is Coexisting. Hello, uh, my name is Creighton, and I'm originally from Oakland, California, but I am currently, quote-unquote, hiding out in Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam, where my job is to help businesses explode their growth through online strategies. And uh, certainly during this pandemic, I feel like it's... Uh, <laughs> it's actually safer over here, and I'm also spending a lot of quality time with my beautiful wife. I have been in Ho Chi Minh since November or December, so uh, pre-pandemic. Vietnam did a great job of locking down the country right away as uh, we've been closed since January. We had an early Tet holiday, which is the uh, Vietnamese New Year's, and we never opened up again after that, and we've been in shelter in place uh, pretty much right from the get-go. There are really two reasons why there have been such a low number of cases and low number of deaths here. The first is way back in 2003, there was the SARS pandemic. That struck the Asian countries and the Southeast Asian countries really, really hard. If you watch the Netflix original show Pandemic, there's a scene in there where they dug this huge ditch and they threw all the chickens in there and they burned all the chicken. I mean, they were dead, but you know, they burned all the chickens in there because they didn't want this outbreak going any further. And so having gone through that experience, the Vietnamese government and the Vietnamese people knew exactly how bad this coronavirus thing could get. The second thing is I think that the, the, the Vietnamese government was very honest with themselves and they looked at the potential of this pandemic. They looked at the infrastructure here and they said, we cannot handle an outbreak. So we are going to shut this thing down right away and not take any chances. The Vietnamese people agreed with that. And so, like I said, things were locked down right away since January. The Tet holiday, to understand, it's not a one-day thing. The whole country shuts down for about two weeks, and then it just never opened up again. And because of that, the last time I checked, we were looking at 334 cases out here, 
326 recoveries and zero deaths in the entire country. The closest we came to having a death out here was a British pilot that was out here. Boy, the government did everything to not mess up their death statistics. I mean, if you've ever been to Ho Chi Minh City, it is people on top of people on top of people. So if there was to be an outbreak here, this thing would spread like wildfire. People live so close and on top of each other, and there would have been no way to stop it. So I work as a digital marketer, and I'm also a digital nomad, which means that uh, I globetrot around the world trying to find cool little locations to work out of. So from that respect, my workday hasn't been disrupted too much because I still work on U.S. time and I still work with U.S. companies. Having said that, my clients, many of them had to close their business or pause their business during this whole social distancing that we've been going through, you know, especially the restaurants and, and those in the food business. That was tough to see. And, and that you know, obviously has a trickle-down effect to me as well, because that means our relationship got put on pause you know, until they get back to normal. I do see as the new normal emerges that there's going to be an increased need for businesses to have an online strategy and so I look at my business and my business model. You know, one of the things that uh, I want to spend more time on is educating those who don't really understand what an online strategy means and, and what, because there's, there's so much information out there. And quite frankly, there's a lot of bad information out there. Because where do you go? You go to the internet. And if you look up anything, there's a bajillion different articles. The shelter in place started in Vietnam. It first started with the public places and the schools shutting down. And then soon thereafter, a lot of the non-essential businesses closed down. And then while the restaurants remained open, they weren't really available for sit down, which isn't that big of a deal in Vietnam because there's a huge takeaway market out there. And so people were still going around and picking up their food. Then what happened was there was probably about a three to four week period where there were just no new cases. And then there was a spike of cases. And all of those new cases were being flown in. There was no local spread. It was all people coming in. And some of it were foreigners and some of it were the Vietnamese locals coming back home. So they locked everybody out, number one. And this became a point of contention for me because my visa was up and they told me, you got to leave and then come back in. And I'm like, if I leave, the first thing, by the way, I don't want to get on an airplane, number one. Number two, if I leave, you're not letting me back in. <laughs> so we figured out a workaround on that. And uh, fortunately, because I'm married, I, I could apply for a temporary residency card. <laughs> and I didn't have to leave the country. So they weren't letting any foreigners in. Even if you had a visa, they just wouldn't let you in. And even the locals, you had to go through a two-week quarantine. And even if you sat through that quarantine, they were still sending health officials out to your home to run your temperature and test on you. I mean, they were super on top of everything. And then about three weeks ago, they started loosening things up and getting 
back to normal. So I've got some during pictures where these places like Walking Street and in front of the cathedral and downtown, just completely empty, completely empty, like nothing, no people. But now we feel it when we go out. The traffic is back to normal. The pollution's back to normal. The noise is back to normal. From the United States standpoint, you know, and I feel it too as an American. It's like I'm, I'm really into my personal rights and I don't wear a mask. Here, it was a much more communal mindset. And so we're all into this together. We're all going to just suffer and stay at home together. And wearing masks is just normal business because, and this isn't a great thing, but because there's so much pollution out here with all the motorbikes, everybody wears masks anyway. There was no change in behavior. It is five minutes to midnight (laughs) right now. Things are dark. There's no sounds right now, but at any moment, the dogs over here could go absolutely berserk. And over here, there will be a UFC match between the alley cats. Uh, (laughs) That'll happen tonight at some point. And um, our neighbors will come home after closing their restaurant and their little three-year-old baby will get all excited probably in about a half an hour. We hear her lovely voice and it's super cute. So where we're at, there's no shortage of noises. (laughs) Let's put it that way. Ever. Ever. I had a moment that stuck with me. It was sort of right as we were lifting the restrictions here. So we were able to go out again. So we went out with some friends to listen to some live bands. And then we went down to this very popular place called Walking Street. And I'm sitting on the stoop, you know, drinking my my yogurt smoothie at uh, 1 a.m. in the morning. And this gentleman comes up, just starts staring at me. He was older, clearly malnourished, clearly homeless. And he kept staring. It was a little bit uncomfortable. Now, to give you some backstory on this, I'm an above-knee amputee who wears a prosthetic leg. So I, when I say I stick out like a sore thumb, like I really, really stick out. But having said that, do not play the violin for me at all because I literally have the best prosthetic technology in the world, courtesy of Oser Prosthetics. I have to plug in my leg every single night because there's a microprocessor in there, in the knee, that helps me stay upright and walk. And so here I've got this guy who's just staring at me. He's leaning in on his walker that's tied together with string and tape. He spoke no English and I spoke no Vietnamese. So we couldn't communicate. And all I've got is this guy staring at me while I'm drinking my my blueberry smoothie. So finally, my wife comes back and um, she was able to communicate with him and she started up a conversation. Here's a guy again, you know, by all accounts was homeless and perhaps down and out. And the conversation that he wanted to have with me was he wanted to know if I needed to borrow his walker so that I could walk around. And it just blew me away. I thought it was the sweetest thing. I thought it was a great reminder that no matter where we are in our life, we've got something to give. We've got kindness to give or even a a walker tied together with string and tape. And so we ended up having a good conversation with him and 
shared some food with him so that he could eat for the night. It was just a good reminder that uh, no matter where we are, we, we always have the capacity to be kind and to be generous. So some practical tips to navigate through this self-isolation from a physical standpoint, you got to move. Like you just have to move. And I'll be the first to say that I've done an absolutely terrible job. You know, my wife, bless her, kicks me out of the house and says, you got to move. Every time I walk around, like I come back and I feel better. So take that walk, practice social distancing, but just move, make sure you move. Mentally, these are tough times. And one of the important things is to be very aware of what you fill your mind with. I love a good Netflix binge as much as the next guy. But, you know, I do try and balance that with some reading or, or watching documentaries, things that fill me up. You know, if you're lonely, not all of us are sharing space with other people and in constant contact with other people. I mean, reach out. Lonely is normal. We're social creatures. Reach out. Don't wait for somebody to take the first step. Pick up the phone, do Facebook Messenger, do Zoom, whatever you've got to do. And oh, by the way, if somebody reaches out to you, pick up that call, call it back because we need that social contact. I tell you, the, the best therapy that I get, I do a Facebook Messenger call with my three-year-old niece. You know, I put the rabbit ears on and, and she's laughing hysterically. And in that moment, it's just pure happiness. And she's such a light to me. And then for God's sakes, put down the news and put down social media. I think that that's really important as well. These are heavy issues. These are very, very heavy things. The news cycle can be 24-7, but it can't be your 24-7. From a spiritual standpoint, breathe, meditate, pray, you know, whatever it is that's your thing, take time to yourself and take care of yourself. Thank you for listening to Coexisting. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear the story unfold, I would be grateful if you could share this with a friend and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. That way, that many more people will find us.